live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, how is everyone doing? Appreciate your patience from the farm. I know we've been gone a little bit. Uh, me personally, been doing my best to hold on to every bit of shred of sanity as we see the world kind of turn a little bit upside down. Um, so just been taking some time, a little self-care, uh, working with the fam, hanging with the fam. You know, um, I got a you know young daughter who hasn't been able to see friends just because of all of this. So it's just... Uh, a lot of stress on everybody, but um, as always, rolling with my partner in crime, UFC Hall of Famer, eater of worlds, lover of brownies, even though he can't eat them now because he is training for the Clash of Legends, the fight to unite coming up July 18th at the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds, and pay-per-view information will be provided uh, very, very soon. Pat, how are we doing today, champ? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Just got my second workout in for the day. Did a, did a good Tabata workout with some sprint work this morning and then just got done beating the hell out of the heavy bag and doing some jump rope and some other good stuff. Um, so I feel pretty good, man. I'm, I'm not looking forward to getting punched in the face by Michael Nunn, Michael second to Nunn. But <laughs> hey, look, this is for a good, good cause. Unite the community and uh, give some young guys a chance to fight on the card. And, you know, we're looking at between six to 10,000 people being there, buddy. So, I'm, hey. you know, we're getting, we're getting people back out in a big way. And I will add this. I will add this. The county below us, Muscatine, Iowa, Muscatine County, uh, the health department and I believe the uh, city council down there tried to make it mandatory to wear masks in Muscatine County. And our good governor, Kim Reynolds, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, said, you do not have that power. You mm. cannot make citizens wear masks. And I said to myself, the minute she said that, she just got reelected, brother. <laughs> Well, I'm down here in St. Louis where I'm not in St. Louis County or St. Louis City, but they made it mandatory. And, you know, mental pictures, the, the lovely. And again, this isn't to minimize COVID. I'm not even you know going there. But the, the, the evil eye you get for not doing the Pavlovian dog steps, man, to, for, you know, walking in this, this path or your mask not on. It's like you must want to kill grandma. But, of course, clearly that's not the case. But uh, we digress, man. Obviously going to be there with you, champ, announcing the fight. Um, it's gonna, it's a great card, man. It's gonna be a great time. So, um, obviously, wish you yeah. all the best, and I know you're gonna do what you do, which is, uh, you know, destroy world. So, you, um, last week, you know, obviously we're in contact constantly. You told us about some folks that you had reached out to, or they had reached out to you, but just, um, it was somebody like, you know, this we've got to have this conversation because as we're seeing what's going on in the world, and again, it's complete and utter chaos, specifically in the United States. They just brought in the National Guard down in Atlanta. After it's a band of people, you know, rolled up on this, among many things, rolled up on this lady's car. She was rolling with her sister, I think, and then shot into the car and killed her eight-year-old daughter. You know, the numbers in St. Louis this past weekend, the numbers in Chicago are absolutely insane. And as we said before we went on air, I was uh, somebody sent me a, a video of a police officer saying, one of these groups, I forget the name, so I don't want to attribute it to them, but they asked uh, for police, prote- police protection to come protect them during their uh, defund the police rally which is, you know, <laughs> the height of just almost insanity, but this is the world we're living in. But the folks, man, we, we're talking to tonight, I'm really anxious to um, for you guys to hear them because it is so relevant what's going on right now is the police aren't going to be there. Um, 
some are just resigning, taking early retirement, just like, you know what, I'm out of here. And we talked about this, Champ, when the COVID thing first kicked off. We're going to see police officers who are going to get put in situations where they're getting trouble for doing their job, and they're just going to be like, you know what, I'm out. I am out. This is not worth it. So the gentleman sure. you have today, man, I'm so stoked, DSI Distributed Security, Inc., Les Leslie and Ron Danielowski are with us tonight to talk about the origins of the company and how absolutely relevant and, and really urgent this kind of message is about private security. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Good, guys. Good. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. Well, well you know, go ahead, Pat. So I was just going to say, you know, with as you talked about, you know, with, with law enforcement, you know, being attacked constantly from all sides, from you know, the mayors, the city councils de- voting to defund them. Um, L.A. LA um, defunds law enforcement um, and then donates $150 million to Black Lives Matter, the money that they took from the law enforcement. Look, I'm not saying that there aren't injustices in this country. There are. The court system is all screwed up. We've seen it. But we have to keep in mind that uh, the good old uh, Clinton administration and Joey Biden were the ones that basically put this stuff into into law and the crime bills and started going after um, black men in unprecedented numbers. So, you know, they were also the ones that started the, the road to defunding, or not defunding, but uh, lowering hiring standards all across the country. They were the ones that stripped the budgets for training for, for enforcement. So they have, they are the ones who are complaining about law enforcement, but yet they are the ones that caused the damn problem to begin with, right, Les? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Everybody everybody wants to talk about 1776 and, and, you know, different revolutionary periods. And I've been saying for a while that this is actually 1917 with, you know, fluffy <laughs> pillows and, and rainbows, right? Um, you know, because I, yeah. I truly see, you know, what, what I think we, we're seeing is you know, the, the, I'll call it the end of the long March. Um, but you know, we're seeing 150 years worth of, of Marxist thought kind of come to fruition in this country. Um, you know, and that's, that's one of the reasons that none of this makes sense, right? I mean, every, everybody with a rational brain looks at this and goes, Hey man, none of this makes sense. Why, why is this happening? And, you know, this contradicts that, and, you know, this doesn't make any sense relative to this other thing. And, you know, that's part of the point, is it's not supposed to. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's not supposed to be a, a, a straight line logic to this. It's supposed to set everybody off balance and, you know, freak everybody out. Um, you know, and so it's, that's, that's, you know, a part of what this is. There's no, there's no, you know, concern about whether or not it, it makes sense or if, if it's reasonable or, you know, if one thing rationally follows another. That's that's not the point. Hmm. Um, but, you know, with that in mind, of course, yeah, you've got, you know, you've got the defund the police thing going, um, you know, and, and law enforcement lives have been made very, very difficult by virtue of politics and by vir- virtue of, of, you know, just the... the the cultural state of things, um, you know, I, I believe we're probably asking police officers to do too much with too little, uh, both in terms of, you know, funding and, and training and, and equipping and the whole nine. Um, and so those guys are really up against a wall and I, you know, I'm, I'm 
very empathetic to the situation that they're in, and I can't blame any of them for, for throwing in the towel and saying, hey, man, <laughs> enough's enough's enough. I got, you know, I got bills to pay. I got, you know, I got people to worry about. I can't spend, you know, much time in court, and, and I got to take care of my family. Um, you know, and so, you know, I, I get it. But as a result of that, you know, what we do at, at Distributed Security is just that much more important. Um, we're, we're a combative firearms training company. And what we do is teach individuals and, and organizations how to defend life and property. Um, and I'll kind of let Ron jump in. Uh, Ron's uh, one of the two co-founders of the company. Um, and Ron can explain, you know, kind of how, how we came to be and why and the thought process behind, behind all of that and, um, you know, kind of what the inspiration was and is. Yeah, thanks, Les. Uh, Pat, Jeff, nice to meet you guys. Likewise. Yeah, good to meet you. You got your camera I, on, my friend, so we can see your pretty mug? Well, I did. I, we were having some bandwidth issues. So I okay, no, that's that. no problem. You are absolutely right. That, it's, that's yeah. not a problem at all. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, Pat, I guess uh, maybe, Jeff, you guys uh, know one of our local instructors out here, Jake Priest? Yes, absolutely. All I've right, known Jake, Jake and his father for, for quite a long time, actually. Excellent. Yeah, so I, I moved to this area um, boy, back in uh, early 2000. Um, I was contracting overseas at the time, and uh, I was asked by Eric, well, all of us were asked by Eric Prince to come up with some ideas for uh, expanding business, and long story short, uh, I was thinking about using uh, the Blackwater facility out in Moyoc as a uh, training facility, opening that up, and not just to law enforcement, but to... Uh, uh, civilians and uh, so we wrote up a proposal and I got a hold of Mike Smock who is uh, our CEO I've known Mike Smock since 2000 since I've been working at the Department of Energy and I said hey you know this is kind of the idea I have I want to pitch it forward to Eric will you help me put this together and uh, we put together the proposal sent it up but then Blackwater as everybody knows started having some problems over there um, uh, you know same thing political climate and all and uh, I was looking at those numbers, and I said, geez, uh, you know, this is something we definitely got to do because we all kind of saw the road uh, America was taking uh, at the time and continues to take. And uh, that's when we started DSI. Yeah, I think that was about 2006. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the, the whole concept was uh, just a whole bunch of us saw what was coming down the pike, and, you know, we thought – we got to distribute security out there. We got to get people trained up because there's just not going to be enough law enforcement. There's not going to be enough uh, security officers out there to take care of business when it starts coming our way. So that's basically the founding of DSI. Okay. And so, you know, what, what we're, what we're interested in doing obviously with this is number one, we want to get as many of our listeners to get training because, you know, Jeff and I for years have covered, the crimes that have been committed, the the corruption, the you know all of this stuff, and we've been unfortunately pretty spot on all along. You know, it, it, people have laughed at us, and then it ends up happening. And you know, we no matter no matter how much we are right, there's always going to be a certain amount of people that are going to just ignore what we're saying. But there's a good portion of people now that are listening, and those people yep, yep. are getting a little nervous. They're getting a little scared. Yeah. So I think it's important for us. To educate them on on number one, we want to put together some trainings for you guys, be able to uh, bring a bunch of our listeners to some trainings, uh, 
But, uh, you know, let's talk about some of the training that you guys provide so that people can kind of visualize that and, and kind of grasp, get, grasp it a little bit on what they, they'll be getting, getting into with this. Yeah, well, the, um, I guess kind of what we're thinking for, for your listeners um, is a combined, what we call Tier 4 and Tier 3 uh, training. Tier 4 is um, actually combative handgun fundamentals. Um, working from the point of you know learning how to learning learning how to draw the weapon um, to going through our our manipulations and range qualifications um, over the course of a couple of days and the tier three portion is actually reality based training done with um, sims um, it's not simunitions but it's it's uh, UTM ultimate tra uh, training munitions um, and so you get the experience then of actually you know, being in a shoot house and, you know, being on that two-way range, right? Um, you're being fired at, you're firing. Um, there is, you know, there is a, a, a downside uh, <laughs> to being shot because there is, you know, a little <laughs> bit of pain. Um, you know, it's it's as, as close as you're going to get to the real deal. Um, right. So, you know, it's, uh, Ron can certainly speak speak a little more to that, but, you know, that's, that's the short and skinny of it. So, Ron, what 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 did I miss? No, you uh, hit it on the head. It's um, you know the reality-based training is everything. If you're not, it, it, we were founded for the reality-based training side of this stuff. Um, the reality-based training is everything. You know, it's a, a little bit like going into mixed martial arts, practicing mixed martial arts. Um, you can't just talk about it. Uh, you can't just learn some uh, techniques. You actually have to get it out there and uh, manipulate people, learn how to manipulate sure. people and learn how to control yourself. So uh, that's uh, the reality-based training. If you don't have the reality-based training, um, you really only have theory you're working with. You know, you have techniques and ideas you're working with, but until you actually get put under pressure, until you do have that two-ray range going on, you're learning how to uh, attempt to communicate with people and how to deal with it when they don't uh, want to be communicated with, then um, uh, you, everything else again is just there. It's it's not going to work out real well for you. Right. Well, and and I will say this. You know, I've been training law enforcement for in defensive tactics. Well, I call it caveman caveman stuff. Um, you know, I, but uh, the defensive tactics, the edged weapon stuff, uh, weapon retention, things like that. But uh, early early on, I was always the bad guy in simunition, actual simunition scenarios for law enforcement when they they'd get together and stuff and they'd throw me in as the bad guy in a drug house or a felony felony warrant whatever <clears throat> and i can tell you that simunitions don't feel good um and 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 I, I i started to learn i started to learn i learned to seek cover i learned to i started i started doing all right you know from experience from getting sick of getting shot and yep. I tell you what, it, it is a great teaching tool to actually experience the pressure and the anxiety and the adrenaline of people coming at you, um, trying to shoot you. It, it, it makes a big difference, just like you <laughs> talked about, Ron. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there, it's easy to beat the shit out of a heavy bag, but when you when you got another guy standing across the cage from you who's, who's got some skills and, and stuff, he's blazing punches and kicks at you, you, you learn pretty quick, so... 
Yeah. Yeah, you well, know, and that's uh, I'm sorry. Without, this UPM, without the RBT, it's it's essentially what what Bruce Lee called uh, dry land swimming, right? Mm-hmm. It's so funny well, you just I brought mean, up Bruce Lee because I was going to say, like, Enter the Dragon, when Bolo punches the board, he's like, yeah. boards don't hit back. Yeah, well, it's the same <laughs> thing. No, Bruce's, Bruce's whole point was unless unless you actually mix it up, it you know, martial arts is the equivalent of dry land swimming. You know, you can't yeah. learn to swim on dry land, right? Right. You, know, you actually have to get in the water. Well, this is the same thing. You know, whether whether you're talking about, you know, getting on the mat and and mixing it up, you know, rolling in a in a, an MMA context, or whether you're talking about you know loading up and and firing sims and being fired at, um, you know, it's very very difficult to recreate that experience and to learn those lessons that you only really learn under one set of conditions. Um, and so that's you know that's the whole point is in the end we want to be able to train competent gunfighters, not just guys who can hang out on you know a square range and shoot paper targets from the you know right. from behind the bench because that's not sure. the world yeah well, and, you know and right. it, it it really gets even deeper than that because what we're really talking about here is boyd's cycle uh, the decision making process the oodle loop do you guys I assume are pretty familiar with that go ahead and say that again uh the boyd cycle the oodle loop the decision making process when observation when, orientation decision action 100 is that uh, once you once you're is uh, I'm thinking of uh, on killing what 170 beats a minute is that a similar concept? You might have broke up a little okay, bit. Okay, so okay, so we're talking about Grossman now. Yeah, that's um, that's yeah, why I was I was because I, I had read that you many many years ago, so I maybe yeah just, no uh, there's there's a relationship. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. I was talking about it as a little different thing. Uh, John Boyd was a, uh, a fighter pilot during the Korean War. Okay. And um, essentially, he outlined the decision-making process as the OODA loop, O-O-D-A. Okay. Um, observe, orient, decide, act. And, you know, what's, what's implied there is, you know, rinse and repeat. Um, and so... You know, an awful lot of an awful lot of combatives, whether it's you know whether it's armed or unarmed, you know, really boils down to that. And frankly, it, it applies to business strategy and a number of other things as well. Um, and over time, with experience, that cycle from observe to act gets shorter. Sure. Right. And you can right. use that as as a disruptive um, sort of technique to kind of uh, you know to step into and interrupt um, your opponent's OODA loop as well. Um, so there, there are some strategic aspects to that that, you know, we, we teach and instruct on uh, very, very heavily because it's, it's, you know, quite frankly, there's no replacement for it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what Ron was referring to. But, yeah, is, is there a relationship, you know, is, is – is Grossman on point on a lot of stuff? Yeah, he is. Okay. Um, it's uh, just a, it's a slightly, it's, I'm going to say it's one step to the left. And, right. But I mean, I guess it would come down to, you know, the OODA loop as you, you speak is recognizing when somebody takes their ball cap off and sets it on the hood of their car, you're going to get in a fight. Yeah. Recognizing, recognizing when somebody uh, blades their stance, you're, you're, right. you're they're going to do something. Yeah. I mean, I, I boil a lot of that down to what I, what I've always just called pattern recognition. Right. You see a pattern play out a number of times and you start recognizing that sooner in that cycle. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, I mean, if, if, if you spend any time in the fight game, of course, you start to figure that out. You know, you start to you start to see those earmarks, you know, so when somebody's cocking that shoulder or, doing, you know, you know, they start to they start to tuck that chin and, and, you know, lean with the forehead. You know, you start you start to smell all that stuff. Right. Sure. It even sure. starts to come to. And and so that's that's, you know, a form of, of that OODA loop thinking. That's yeah. interesting that there's a name for that. I've never particularly trained, never the military, a little bit of martial arts, but not to that degree. But I've always seen, like, you know, you look across the bar, a situation like, oh, something's about to happen. Like, you can just see certain telltale markers of something escalating. But now that's fascinating. Well, you know, what's funny is, you know, Pat, you were just talking about, you know, the fact that, that you know, you guys have been kind of predictive about current situation, right? And... Uh, so much of that has human, been just pattern recognition, like you were talking about before. Exactly, understanding exactly. history and seeing these things happen again, it's not anything that's, nebulous or... exactly where I was going. Yeah. Right. You know, human beings are patterned animals, right? I mean, as, 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 as much as some of us would like to think that we're very, very random, um, you know, that's just not true. Um, you know, we we may not recognize the patterns, or you know, the 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 wavelength of our patterns may be may be long enough that you know they're tougher to recognize. But you know, we're all pretty patterned. You know, we we all have a comfort zone. We all have a series of events that we like to stick to. Um, you know, that makes us feel good about the way the world's ordered. Well, even um, in going to to this larger technocracy that's coming, they're they're able through our digital footprint, they're able to extrapolate certain algorithms based off of our digital behavior to the point where it's becoming predictive. Right, right, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and, you know, Amazon does it with the buying patterns. I mean, it's it's out there, right? Um, and so it's it's not it's it's you know it's just a synthetic version of what your brain will do, um, given enough. Experience experience to see those patterns repeat themselves enough times to become, you know, recognizable. So, you know, they There's, can accelerate it a little bit with computer programs, but it's still the same, you know, really still the same technology. Yeah. Which is kind of scary because they've refined it, man. And I, like I say, with like you were saying earlier, that's such a great point, man. Everybody's like, this is not fucking make any sense. What is going on? And no other time. I mean, it, this is kind of what's let me know. Pat and I've talked about it forever. Like, you know, I wouldn't say this is the war, this is the time, if you will, but this is definitely a huge reset where there's no going back to normal. And the way they've slowly inverted reality to make completely abnormal normal is is a part of this design, which is um, right. It's, well, it's crazy. And, and, Go ahead, ben. and that's the thing with with who CDC and and Fauci and all these idiots, um, and they're not idiots. They're they're being very deliberate in what they're doing, as as Jeff has said numerous times. Dog training one hundred and one. Okay, we can. You got to wear a mask. Okay, you can take the mask off. Oh, we got to put the mask back on. Take it off. That's all that is. Is getting us used to, or I should say, the lemmings, which I call them, used to just jumping, jumping, jumping when they're told to jump. And it's it's six foot, six foot. Okay, now, and look, we've got a few people out there. As I said, uh, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds luckily said you don't have the right to do that, and that's a crack in the door for the citizens to recognize. Yeah. Hey, man. <clears throat> um, power is an illusion, and if everybody would stand up, I mean, I was just, and I, I, I had to just remove myself. I, a guy who was my attorney one uh, many years ago, who lives in Montana now, but he, he's he's surrounded by just um, real hardcore leftists, 
and they're talking about this mask. You got to have the mask. You got to have the mask. And I go, I go, we've got, I don't know, my friend who's an attorney, who's smart enough to become an attorney. We've got all these other people on here. I assume you're all pretty educated and you're pretty smart. But were any of you even remotely following the financial indicators and the global banking stocks that were telling us for two years mm-hmm. we were headed off a cliff? And before that, after the 2008 collapse, all the quantitative easing that every time they did it, I went, they're just full bigger. And yeah. not one of them, not one of them, they always revert back to, hey, wear your mask, you got to wear your mask. It's, it's incredible how easily trained these people are because they're thinking with their emotions instead of their logic. And it's, this is a very dangerous point in history when you've got millions upon millions of people that are thinking like this. And I, I said <laughs> numerous times, these are the people that can get us all killed. Yes. Yeah, no, and you're right. It's all about conditioning, right? Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's it, you're right. I mean, it's dog training 101. Um, but it's, you know, it's this constant cycle of distraction. You know, and, and so, you know, yeah, they're, they, they want to talk about the mask. Oh, it's this, it's that, you know, and every other day, of course, you know, the WHO and, and the CDC and Fauci are all saying three different things that are all completely contradictory, you know, and, and 48 hours from now, they're all going to pivot, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're all going to say, you know, they're all going to take one step to the left right. and say the thing that the guy on the right said, you know, two days ago. And, and so everybody everybody's in this constant state of turmoil. And so, yeah, to your, to your point earlier, uh, Jeff, you know, you go, you go to Walmart, you go to Kroger, you know, you go to Hy-Vee, wherever, wherever you, is you go to get groceries, right? You know, and, and you know, you got, you got everybody in their goat giving you the stink eye, you know, wanting to smack you with, with you know, the nearest thing because you've walked the wrong way down an aisle. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they haven't met, you know. Not to hijack, not, not to, not to jack. I deliberately, I deliberately walked, yeah, I deliberately walked against the arrows everywhere yeah. I went. I didn't even yeah, notice them. When someone first said it to me, because I'm just not used to, I mean, I'm used to shopping. I never even noticed them in the first place. But, you know, half-jokingly and almost 100% jokingly, Lewis Black said something about people like this, the Karens of the world, who he said <laughs> back in elementary school, when the, pres- or when, the, when the principal spoke on the PA system, they wept openly <laughs> they were just you know just well, and, just believers man i mean god love them but it's like at some point in time like you just said it's dangerous it becomes very dangerous and i've said this so many times on the show people's lack of information or ignorance if you will is going to become dangerous and then here we are with snitch lines and all this other shit dude it's happening yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well and I, I pointed out to these people also i said do, do, do any of you recognize that the head of uh, the World Health Organization is the former health minister of Ethiopia who was brought up on crimes against humanity, um, on charges of crimes against humanity? There's pictures of him with all these other guys that are being tried uh, yeah. sitting there in an Ethiopian courtroom. Now, talk about a guy that's 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 a puppet for, for Gates and all these other guys. That are well, China as well, yeah. Uh, but, Putting him in position and, and telling him to say what he's what he's what he needs to say. Yeah. This guy's so compromised; he he's got no choice, right? But but to the average person, they just don't understand it. They just they simply don't comprehend it because they have no historical reference. They haven't paid attention. Yeah, I mean, look, it it's it's hard to blame folks. I mean, everybody's busy living their lives, right? Um, 
you know, and, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's the, the goofballs like me that watch this stuff. Right. Because it's, it's part of my job. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's always made me scratch my head and I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen this stuff play out overseas. I mean, and that's, that's part of what the pattern recognition is for me. I mean, you know, some of us have seen this more than once. We just haven't seen it on American soil. Yet. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've seen some of the earmarks, seen some of the precursors. It reminds me some of the yeah. some of these lemmings who are just buying into it. I'm you know I'm old, but I just remember junior high and high school like history. God, I fucking hate history. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? It's like for me, I, I just never was. I just happened to like history, but you know, you know, IQ I or yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's just understanding patterns, whatever it is, whether it's history or anything else. It's like. It's just crazy how people just have just kind of abdicated their own common sense. But so, I mean, before we, I mean, obviously we don't have too much time with you guys, but before, so we recognize the fix is in, like we smell like a fucking fart in the car. The services you guys provide, you know, because we know the police aren't necessarily going to be there, you know, as this escalates, the services you guys provide are specifically for more private, private security for businesses, homes, extrapolate, let us know a little bit. What, how do your, how do your teams work? I mean, you guys, like you said, and other conversations you guys are yeah. ready to go within 24 hours tell us how you guys work man and which the ser- the services you guys provide and to whom yeah so in, in essence we've got you know we we do individual training um for for individuals and we we train organizations uh enterprises businesses uh churches schools you know those those sorts of things um and yes we do have a uh, quick reaction team capacity capabilities um you know we can we can put a team on the ground if if things are heating up and we have a client that that gives us a call and says hey we need boots on the ground you know the barbarians at the gate we don't we don't know what we're doing um you know we we can put boots on the ground we can secure a facility um while we buy ourselves enough time then train you know that that enterprise's staff to you know take over and and you know once once we pick up you know pull chalks and and move on um the idea there then is that you know that enterprise is very uh tightly tied to the law enforcement um with the understanding that yes when something bad happens you know law enforcement can't be there the first responders are going to be the people in the middle of, of whatever that mess is yeah um and the law enforcement is going to have to you know have a period of time to respond um when law enforcement does respond, you know, you want to have a handoff. You don't want, you know, you don't want law enforcement freaking out because there's guys with guns, um, you know, and you have to, you have to be able to have that coordinated and, and law enforcement has to understand, you know, what the situation on the ground is going to be. You know, yeah, we've contained the threat. It's all yours. We're walking away. <laughs> Thanks guys. Have a great day. Um, Do you guys you keep know, a good conversation like, going they- with different, I'm sorry. No, but then they radio they radio you and say, but but you left seventeen bodies laying on. <laughs> on well, Our job hey, is now, done security here. Security cameras are Security cameras <laughs> to let you know where the bodies are after <laughs> something bad has happened. Right. That's what that's what the passive security measures are for. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I I think Jeff, you were going to ask if if we maintain good relationships with with law enforcement in the areas that that we're training training enterprises. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a really good example is some of the work we've done with the um, with the schools in Wyoming, um, the uh, sheriff's department um, there in Cody. Actually, when when we're doing training, has turned the uh, the nine one one switchboard over to us 
um, for training purposes so that, you know, cool. we have, uh, you know, cool. every, every realistic aspect that we can possibly incorporate in the training. Um, so everything down from, you know, the, the inception of an event to, you know, recognizing that event, calling 911, suppressing the event, handing off to law enforcement after the fact, um, or after, after they've responded, all those, all those things are incorporated in that sort of training. Um, so yeah, the, the, the interface with law enforcement is absolutely vital to the success yeah. of this kind of program. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, yeah. uh, more and more, I mean, it was funny. I was watching one down in New Mexico where they were, they were talking, I forget what group it was, uh, talking about how important it was to keep those liaisons between law enforcement, uh, intact. Um, a lot, bunch of armed guys. And I saw one black guy. I'm like, Holy crap. That looks a lot like John Jones. And sure enough, freaking John Jones, John Bones <laughs> Jones is out there. Yeah, with I, the, I did. Yeah. With a group. He was, he was out. Yeah. Uh, Ron, what did I miss on that? Anything? Uh, what was that? I'm sorry. <clears throat> um, just in terms of in terms of the training and the the law enforcement. Uh, yeah, no, no, you didn't. You, yeah. you know, uh, just let you guys know. Most of our instructors are uh, law enforcement and military, and so you know, we were talking about the uh, decision making process earlier and how important that is. You know, not centralizing. Uh, you know, your ability to act on the ground. Uh, immediately, and that ties back in with the law enforcement because uh, our most of our instructors, again, are military law enforcement in the local area, so they already have those ties. Uh, so, yeah, right off the bat, we establish good working relationships with the law enforcement, and a lot of them become our instructors. So, yeah, and I strongly so suggest, man, experience. Sorry, sorry, we're both eager to ask you guys questions. Yes. obviously, you know, you know. Given past history of socialist and communist takeovers of nations, you guys have been on the ground before when you were in the military or, or other other uh, contracting duties where things deteriorated and, and you know you go from dealing with law enforcement to if these lunatics have their way, well, law enforcement's done, and then they, well, in history, have hired the prisoners that they've let out of prison, thrown a badge on them and a gun, and had them go out and do their dirty work for them. So now you're no longer dealing eventually with law enforcement if this thing goes the way they want. Um, now you've got a whole different dynamic because you've got a guy with a badge, you've got a guy with a gun, people that we respect, but they're no longer the that's no longer the body that used to be in that uniform or the mind or the spirit that used to be in there. Now you've got a shit bag that you're dealing with who's been put in a position of power. Um, now now we've got problems, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and and. <laughs> you know, there's there's a point in this revolutionary cycle where it's not uncommon at all for for things to go kinetic, right? For all of a sudden, the the what the who were previously the good guys have now become the insurgents, so to speak. Um, hmm. You know, and so yeah, they're you know, well, I mean, it, anti-government forces. Right? Well, you look if things go, yeah, it's not to interrupt you, but if things go crazy and we have to defend ourselves, suddenly we're the anti-government forces right well and and you know <laughs> a good friend of mine and i were were talking about this just over a year ago and and kind of looking at, at some of the anti-gun stuff coming down the pipe um in virginia and we were you know kind of trading stories back and forth about having having operated in in non-permissive environments um you know where if if it's known that you have a weapon, you know you're you're wrong and you're going to be shot, killed, 
you know, imprisoned. Um, and my friend's comment at the time was, yeah, we're all going to be living in an NPE really soon. And, you know, what is that for our, for our lay non-military speaking? What is that? Yeah. Non, non-permissive environment where, where you're not permitted to, to be armed. Right. Uh, Um, you're not, you're, you, you're just supposed to be a good subject and, um, you know, that's your role. Um, and, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, that we draw as heavily as, as we do on our, our past military and past law enforcement experiences is because, you know, particularly in some, some higher end military capacities, you do learn how to operate in non-permissive environments because that's just the job. Um, and so those skills are useful and I'm, you know, I'm not advocating that, that, you know, everybody, (laughs) everybody goes off the deep end and, and, you know, starts running around like, like they're mini insurgents. I'm not encouraging that at all. Um, I don't think that's good for anybody at this point. Too late. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's good for anybody at this point. Um, but, yeah, I, I hate to think that there might be a time where, you know, we have to adopt that kind of mindset. I, you know, I would, I, I would hate well, to Well, especially in, in the country. world where, you know, the, the situation in St. Louis here, man. I mean, I don't know how you could not half, halfway be paying attention. I, I'm very familiar with that area in St. Louis. Uh, it's a private area. It's a huge iron gated community. So whatever they tore that thing down and whether they're walking on the mm-hmm. sidewalk or the street, that was private property. And they've already declared and that's, again, not to convolute the fog of whose intentions are what BLM Antifa. I mean, they're talking about, we're going to the suburbs. We're taking what's ours. There's been just absolutely a rampant. It just scourge of just people being attacked just because they're white. You know what I mean? And they've, they've right. made their, you know, kill Whitey and all this other shit. And I don't know who all agrees with whatever, who just has their heart in the right place. But I'm not going to assume you have your, I mean, again, it's almost guilty by association. Your crew has declared some pretty nefarious fucking intentions. I'm not about to sit here and just let you trespass on my home, if, especially if I have kids. I mean, they did the right thing. Granted, they looked a little off because their military preparedness or their gun training wasn't quite on point. But that's almost, that's not even the point. The fact that they've been demonized for protecting themselves as if they were the bad guy, considering what all these all these cats have been doing is insane. You know, and the thing is, is that there's only one rational. And again, back to that, that word rational and and reasonable. You know, there's these, you know, take take the nonsense in in Troy, New York, at, uh, at that Baptist church over the weekend. Right. You what know, happened? Tell, I, I don't even um, think I know what happened. Yeah, some some uh, some it was BL- crazy. It was insane. BLM folks uh, essentially camped out outside of this Baptist church in Troy, um, just harassing the hell out of the parishioners. Um, you know, obstructing their way in, um, assaulted a couple of people. You know, and and if you just take the physical contact out, right, and you just look at at some of that footage. You know, and they're—I mean—they're six inches in front of people's faces with with bullhorns. All they're trying to do is agitate. All they're trying to do is get well, a response. Yeah. Right. They're spoiling for a fight. They're trying to instigate somebody. You know, taking that shot, because then at that point, you know, they're going to claim they're the victim. And, you know, then then they're going to act like they're justified in whatever it is that they really want to do anyway. 
and you know that's that's the problem right and and so back to your back to the McCloskeys in St. Louis you know the the difficulty for everybody right now is understanding where that line is right because what what would have re, you know what would have been the line before in terms of uh, uh, you know when it's reasonable to respond in an aggressive manner you know has been has been so stomped on you know through the conditioning through you know the government just allowing this stuff to happen and not actually prosecuting any of this stuff and not stepping in and and, and people not, getting bailed out people getting bailed out people yeah, who are accused yeah. of murder domestics mm-hmm. um, all all kinds of stuff they're being sure. bailed out left and right and the cops are losing their mind i just I just messaged back and forth with a good friend of mine who used to be a law enforcement officer in Quad Cities. He's law enforcement in Madison, Wisconsin. He said it is insane up there yeah. that all of these people, uh, I'm telling you, guys who are accused of murder and stuff are being bailed out by these leftists um, for, for a reason. They want them on the streets. They yeah. want them causing problems. They want them intimidating. They want them attacking and hurting Innocent people, well, and you yeah. can't you can't find it now. But the Act Blue, like finding the financing through Black Lives Matter into Act Blue, you're talking about tens of hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, the, I mean, this is how they can spread out. And um, and again, this goes back to almost like the Bolsheviks. Like, this was all funded by huge finance at the top. We don't even need to get into that, but that's the same thing that's happening here because they're trying to utilize the, the same same means to create this larger reset, this larger conflict you know hegelian dialectic a problem reaction solution they're going to bring in the solution to the problem that they created and again just as is these blms or whomever these young fucks are out there full of piss and vinegar same as back in the day dude when they're done with you they're going to line you up if they don't literally line you up and shoot you they will be done with you when they're done when you're done fulfilling their purpose yeah yeah you're right it's it's all thesis antithesis and synthesis you know you're right it's all hegelian and for me, uh, and for me, I break it down to the simplest terms: is how many teeth can I take out <laughs> trying to shove a bullhorn back down his throat? <laughs> no, that's a, that's, that's, a, look, that's a solid metric. There's, there's a solid no metric because <laughs> that's the only language they're going to understand. See, that's see, and that's they, say, the only, they say fighters. Um, see, Pat, you and I both know that's not true. See, <laughs> <laughs> when. When, when you know when when the muscle finally flexes, bro, these people are gonna. Start and that's it. what I'm saying. These motherfuckers. I mean, some of them might even be whatever. You know, maybe a little more elite level, but they're coming off their Xbox controller. You know, thinking because they solved, you know, Black Ops, Call of Duty, they think they really want this fucking smoke, dude. They have no idea whether it's our gentleman here tonight, Sonny Puzikas, former Russian Spets, not some real hard hitting motherfuckers who are like. You guys don't even realize you don't you're poking the bear, but you don't even kind of want what could possibly come. You guys are throwing Molotov cocktails and firecrackers, maybe a few armed people here and there. But, dude, you're talking about coordinated, trained, tactical motherfuckers who are going to bring the serious smoke. They don't want it. They don't want it at all. Well, see, that, that's why, you know, look, man, an awful lot of guys I know from back in the day. I mean, we all live in BFE. We don't want a part of this nonsense. Yes. man. We, 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 right, we right. played this game. Yeah. Right. It, and, you know, 
you know, there's there's a funny little meme floating around social media right now. This is man, just wait till the guys who want to be left out of this shit have to get involved. I've seen yeah. plenty of those. Yeah, I mean, you rather you know, it, again, any any good war movie is an anti-war movie. You know, you would the warriors know. I would rather be a freaking warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. You don't want to right. see. I mean, I've never been in it, but I've as a history guy, you, you, your heart breaks when you see, especially shit like World War One, just the meat grinder, dude. World War Two, the meat grinder. I mean, and even Vietnam, and even. I mean, it's just you don't really want to see what real war brings. And I see I say this again for the umpteenth time. I'm not a huge fan of PBS, but go to check out the documentary called Genocide Worse Than War. None of it happens overnight. There's a level of conditioning that takes place where they you no longer see your enemy as human. Someone sent me a thing today. This BLM gal is like, you know, white people are this recessive gene, non-human. I mean, it's. Of course, it's horseshit, but there's a lot of young dipshits who believe that and who will run with it. But at the end of the day, any any level of rhetoric that makes your enemy not a human is how Rwanda happens. It's how Srebrenica happens. It's how, you know, Darfur happens or, you know, you name it. You name the scenario. And we're just none of it's by Yuri Bezmenov said none of these revolutions are organic. Nothing happens by accident. It's all by design. It's all coordinated, funded, etc. It's heartbreaking, dude. Yeah. Nah, it's it's, uh, it's a rough situation, man. It'll be interesting to see where it shakes out. But it's a hell of a time to be alive. It definitely is. Yeah, so, so what, we, what we'd like to do... Go ahead, Jeff. Go no, ahead. you're going to say the same thing, hopefully, about we're going to come out and do some training, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to come out and do some training. Um, and also, we want to be able to coordinate and put dates on our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, training yeah, so dates. What, so uh, you are, yeah, so what we'll do... Go ahead. Um, you know, the, the, the plan is we'd, uh, we'd like to do this up the site, a couple hours up the road from, uh, from the QC. Um, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get a link up on you guys' website so that your listeners can, can go straight to that link, uh, sign up for training. Um, do you, you have know, facilities across the country? Is this kind of your main – I thought you – correct me if I'm wrong. Facilities yeah, no, for training. training location. Uh, in several places, our our primary area of operations is northern Midwest. Um, you know, we've got uh, we've got a lot of training going on in Ohio, uh, in the Detroit area, Toledo area, uh, Quad Cities, obviously. Um, you know, we've got uh, got some stuff going on in the Chicago area as well, um, as far west as Cody, Wyoming, <clears throat> and um, we've got uh, some training going on in in Pittsburgh, uh, New York. Uh, down into Virginia, um, so yeah, we're 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 spread out pretty good. Nice, um, but yeah, where we like to focus, particularly on the enterprise side, is northern Midwest, essentially the I eighty corridor. <laughs> so a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty, man. I mean, you know, between the Quad Cities and Pittsburgh, basically, is you know, there's there's plenty of stuff to do there. Yeah, uh, you know, quick dog leg up to up to Detroit, so. But yeah, man. So we'll uh, we'll get a link put together, um, get it up on the site, get a uh, you know get a description of what the training is. Um, you know, I know you got a fight coming up in a couple of weeks, Pat. So you know we don't want to interrupt that. Um, and you know, I'm guessing I'm guessing time frame is probably September-ish um, at this point, unless you guys have got some objections to that. Not at all. Um, Sooner the better, no, man. That's fine. You know, well, I mean, it'll cool down a little bit. We're all a little steamy right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who wants to be on the range at 108? Um, <laughs> that's no good for anybody. Um, so yeah, we'll let the we'll let the sun drop a little bit, and um, 
have some fun out on the range and, and, you know, get into the RBT and, and, uh, we'll bring the team out and, and, um, you know, of course everybody get to hang out at, uh, hang out at the lodge and hang out with you guys. And, you know, you guys are much bigger celebrities than me and Ron. We're no fun. <laughs> we're just, you know, sticks in the mud. Well, we're going to shoot it too. Obviously, shoot it. Put together a little nice little package. Help us promote the thing, and uh, you know, post it on our website, our YouTube page, etc. Um, but again, everybody, we're going to post a link to to their company here. It's not just the Quad Cities. This is where kind of where we'll be doing it. But this is kind of the hub of their training. But they do have stuff set up all over through the website, through the link. You'll be able to hook up with these guys and wherever you are. Hopefully, get something going. Whether it's training or you know, hiring some private security. Because I'm telling you, like right now is. I mean, something like this is such a, a very uh, welcomed service, quite frankly, because we're just seeing the situation going down and cops just not being it, there. Nobody's yeah, coming. It comes. It comes. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Last. Nobody's go ahead. coming to save you. That's the problem. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean, yeah. You just and it's it's the numbers game. It's time to be proactive. It's time to be proactive, and that's something that I've said numerous times. You know, is is you know, for me, I've been trying to get out to the country for quite a while now. You know, to to have. Um, some land to have a house that, you know, I can flip a switch and go off the grid if I have to type thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, you know, I I know how to fight. I know how to shoot eh, like a caveman. I can shoot, I can shoot (laughs) as well as a caveman. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not advanced. I'm not in in any way, shape or form. I'm very basic, but I, I can, I can hit the broadside of a barn with a pistol or a rifle. I'm, I, you know, I'm capable of doing that. Um, I've learned a little bit of tactics on room and building clearing and some, you know, some, some other stuff. And, and like I said, been the bad guy in scenarios, uh, when, when law enforcement was coming for me. So I, I, I know the fundamentals really like the very bottom of it. Right. But for me, um, I mean, I've, I've been in fights with 150 people where it was me and another guy in the center and it eventually was me and. You know, four Davenport police officers with German Shepherds surrounded by 150 people in the middle of Harrison Street in Davenport um, <laughs> in a snowstorm, right? And 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 it was a battle. It was a battle. I fought my fought my ass off to get out of that building, and then then it all poured out into the street. So I've been in some hairy situations. I've had had people try and stab me and shoot me all that good shit. But you know, um, for for the average person out there that. You know, we're the only animal on the planet that has no idea how to defend ourselves unless we're taught. We are completely helpless. And so, you know, I had a guy, and I'm just going to point this out because I want people to realize the perspective. When a friend of mine asked me to speak at a Rotary Club, uh, and there was probably about 50 people there, and I gave the speech about what it took to become a mixed martial arts world champion, all the different components of training, all the different components of strength and conditioning, you know, the diet, everything that went into it to become a world champion. And there was one guy sitting there with his arms crossed like this, kind of like, yeah, you're boring me. And I knew he had a problem. I knew he had a problem from the minute I started talking. I got done talking. I said, does anybody have any questions? His arm shot up right away. And he goes, why would I even want to learn this shit? <laughs> and I said, well, I said, let me let me try and put it to you this way. I said, um, the number of assaults on people, basically it's one in four people. People are going to be assaulted in their lifetime. Um, you're the, I'm assuming you're a father and a husband. Yes, I am. Okay. You've got children. Um, and I said, so have you boxed? Have you ever wrestled? Have you ever learned any combatives at all? No, nothing, nothing. And I said, okay. So, um, and I repeated that to him. I said, we're the only animal born on the planet with no self instincts born into us. Everything else has claws and teeth and this and that. And they'll, they, they know to run or fight or fight or flight, whatever. 
Um, they just have it instinctually. They know what to do. Well, humans don't have that. So if you and your family, when you leave your, your front front door of your house and get in your car and you're attacked, there's not a damn thing you can do for your family. Not a damn thing. And you're all victims. You're all victims. I said, but when I walk out, when I walk out of my house, I said, it better take, it's going to take a lot of people to get the job done with me. A lot of people. That's why you want to learn this stuff, right? Because that, that, that brings confidence. When you can walk places, I, I've some pretty hairy situations, and I've, I've been able to get out of them because of those skill sets. And everybody out there, imagine the respect if everybody knew how to kill somebody, right? Hmm. That is that is a total different total different dynamic. So that's why we want to urge our listeners, you know, to jump in on this training that we're going to end up posting and about, and we're going to keep uh, keep repeating. Absolutely, yeah. Ronald. Any uh, closing statements, my friend, before we let you guys slide? Well, I'd, I'd kind of trailer on uh, what Pat was saying. Uh, we've had, you know, we've ran numerous uh, tier threes throughout the years. And the level of confidence that you get from actually knowing for a fact, not just guessing, not just because you took someone or a class and were shooting paper targets, hmm. but knowing for a fact that you can do the job is like one of the greatest gifts you can give to people in the world. And that's what we're here yeah. for is to be able to give people that gift of self-reliance, being able to defend themselves. And the inverse of that, like Pat, you were just saying, walk into your, I mean, we were talking to Sonny Puzikas and you know, it's almost like an insurance policy. It's better to have it and not need it and need it, not have it. The feeling of not being able to defend yourself and your family and have something go down and they become victims because you weren't prepared. That has to be like the worst feeling ever, especially, you know, as, as a man, you're supposed to be in charge of protecting your family, et cetera. Les, I'm sorry. You know, you're about to say something there. No, no. I, the the only other thing that I'd add to that, and this this plays directly into your experience as well, Pat, with with fighting and stuff. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of companies out there that that you know do do gun stuff. Um, you know, what makes us unique is is kind of how we define training, being, you know, instruction plus practice, right? And so, Pat, you know as well as anybody, you don't go to a weekend seminar and come out a fighter right you you have to take you have to take those skills and you have to you know be persistent in practicing those things and refining that technique um for that to be useful and usable you know under under pressure and you know it's when it's necessary um and that's that's you know one of those things that is is very difficult to do you know if if what you're with what you're after is nra training or you know even some of the brick and mortar places out there um you know kind of the big names you know nobody's going to run you down like we do you know to make sure you're practicing stuff after the fact and make sure that you're keeping those skills up and dry practicing and and doing all that sort of thing um to the degree that it starts to be more like you know a a weekly workout um at the gym you know that that sort of practice um, because that's where real skill comes from. Repetition. Sure. Where it becomes that kind of muscle memory, which is, yeah, right. it becomes second nature. Man, you guys are awesome. And again, you guys aren't going anywhere, man. It's hopefully, you know, potentially, obviously, or hopefully a new sponsor of the show. And uh, we can put yeah. it your way. We would love to get you guys back on because as things develop, um, you know, the, the role of companies like yours are going to be so much more integral to people's, to people's safety. So DSI, ladies sure. and gentlemen, Distributed Security Incorporated. We will have a link uh, posted in the description here. Les, Ron, thank you guys so, so very much, man. So glad, Pat, you wound up hooking up with these fellas. Another score. And, um, yeah, 
Any uh, yep. anything you guys want to shout out before you guys head out? Social networking, yeah, where we can find stuff. Yeah, you guys? Any any specific website and yeah, um, just uh, distributedsecurity dot com. Um, we'll we'll take you right to uh, our homepage. Um, you know, you can uh, you can access an awful lot of information there. We also have a um, a mobile app uh, that's free, has a ton of free content, some basic drills, things of that nature. Um, nice, I'll make nice. sure that you guys get that link to put on the web page as well. Perfect. Uh, and people can just download it directly from there. Uh, it's uh, available for Android and for uh, iOS. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of resources out there, guys. Um, and you know, let's let's get everybody going the right direction and and putting themselves in a position where they can defend themselves. Adequately. Yes. yes. Let's stay hard to kill, we, ladies I, and gentlemen. Stay hard to yep, kill. Stay hard to kill. I think we want to call this the, the DSI uh, Warrior Retreat or something, don't we? Sure. <laughs> let's do it. Something like well, that. Well, when you hit them up, let them know the like farm that. sent you so they know how freaking awesome we are. It's good to be linking up with you guys, man. This is that kind of synergistic, synergistic kind of relationship I want to have, man. Security, baby, because we need it. Uh, we, are, we are living in crazy times. So. Look, man, you're coming. Oh, no. You're acting like you're a disinterested third party all no, 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 no. Hell no, bro. Not at all. I want to get shot by some of that simulation, some of ammunition or whatever the hell. Les, Ron, I appreciate you guys, man. Distributed Security, Inc., Patrick J., you know I love you like Midnight Loves the Moon. Farmers, friends, family, everybody, I appreciate all of you guys' patience. This has not been an easy time for all of us, man, so pardon our little pause for the cause, but we are back. The engine is back, fired up, running on you know 100. So peace and so much love to you guys. Again, thank you for your patience. Stay tuned. There will always be more. And tomorrow night, uh, Pat, are you good for a Wednesday night, uh, 7 o'clock Q&A? I think I can do that, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll tear it up, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you again, guys, and uh, thank you again, Les and Ron. Stay tuned, guys. Holla.